Welcome back to the Modern Day Overthinker podcast. So I'm going through and uploading some audio from a couple of different lives that I've done. And uh, one recently that I did was with Kelly Thompson. She's a leadership coach and an author. And uh, we talked about on January 6th, this was recorded. We talked about her new book, which is called Closing the Confidence Gap, which comes out in September of this year. She really focuses on helping women advance in the workplace and become better leaders. And we had the opportunity to talk about a few different things about her background, expectations of ourselves, expectations other people have for ourselves, self-confidence, as well as mental health, of course. And uh, this is our conversation. Enjoy. Hey, Kelly, how are you? Here, thanks for patiently waiting two minutes for me. Oh, that's fine. I got on right at five o'clock. So, all right, all right, I'm not too late then. As you know, in my line of work right now, it's crazy. Yes, I am familiar with your line of work. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's kind of how I was able to uh, find out about you. Uh, I was able to jump on uh, your meeting for a little bit uh, during busy season. So, um, doing a lot of multitasking. So, um, yeah, thank you for joining me. Uh, just wanted to kind of introduce you and, uh, give you a chance to introduce yourself for everyone here. Oh, I'm going to lose you here. I got the stand. I'm not used to using the corded microphones, but my AirPods uh, don't hold a charge anymore. They're like the original ones. Oh, they're oh, the OG ones. You need you need new ones then. I know. I need the pros. But we used to have a program at work where I got them for free and I'm cheap. So um, so basically, I wanted to start out by introducing you. you are, you've done a lot of things in your past. I looked at your bio and it's probably easier for you to explain that than for me to explain it. And... Um, Right now, I know you're doing a lot of leadership coaching and also finishing up a book. So uh, tell us a little bit about the leadership coaching and, you know, what about what, I know you're trying to promote the book. It's uh, mm-hmm. it'll be coming out sooner rather than later. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. So um, as Colin said, I'm Kelly Thompson, and I actually spent a lot of years in corporate America. I was in corporate America for, for 15 years. I wasn't always out on my own. Um I went out on my own in 2019 and um, started my own leadership coaching and training practice. And just in the last 18 months or so, I really targeted women. I do still work with organizations and do you know more general leadership training. But in my private coaching, I do coach women one-on-one. At some point, like I had to draw the line. I'm like, I can't yeah. serve everybody, right? Um, I'd have a niche. Yeah, I'd have a niche. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And so um, I just got done writing my first book. And y'all, let me tell you, you think that the writing is the hardest part. (laughs) It's the editing. Like nobody told me about the editing, right? I mean, not only like, do you get edits back that like, just like, are like daggers in the heart. You're like, what? You don't like that? You know, it's you got to do it all. But you know, I am writing it. It's called Closing the Confidence Gap. It's, it's written to help women own who they are, trust themselves, take their bravest next step, um, really show up as the leader that they're meant to be at work. Um, and that'll be out in September of 2022. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. And you can say this year now. I can so. say this year. Yeah. And I married 
um, to my husband, Jason, he's a financial advisor and we have a 16 year old daughter and that's a, that's another Instagram life. <laughs> so I bet, I bet yeah. that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, I can only imagine. Uh, yeah, so I don't have any kids of my own. So I, I live vicariously through my friends that have kids. And I'm just like, that's good enough for me. That's good uh, enough for, for now. Yeah. For now, anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so you're working on the book, finishing up the, it's in what, it's in like the edit phase right now? Or the, yeah, the editing phase right now. The so, frustrating um, phase? Yes, for anybody who's ever curious, it's not like a book gets edited once. You submit the book. The publisher looks at the manuscript and they send you edits. And then mm -hmm. like a story editor looks at the book and looks at like your, the stories you're telling and they send you story edits. Then you make more edits. Uh, and then the grammar editor gets the yeah. book and then they make edits. And so it's like, I think I'm gonna be in editing longer than I was in writing. Editing will be done about in March though. And then I'll have a cover that I can you know probably send out to folks on social media and have them vote. And just that, that's when the fun stuff will start, so. That's when you'll start to get people like the sneak peek and all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yes, That's cool. Exactly. That sounds really fun. Yeah. It sounds like a huge process. Cause when did you start the process of writing the book? You know, I started dreaming about writing a book since I was a little girl. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of, you know, I know we're talking a lot about confidence and imposter syndrome and, and all yeah. today. I mean, there's just so much self doubt that goes into that. Cause you ask yourself questions yeah. like, what if, what if I have nothing to say? Nobody wants to hear my stories. Yeah. What if people read this and they think it's absolute trash? Or like, like who, who am I? Who write? am I to write this? Yeah. Um, I don't want to get hate mail. Like, I mean, there's just so many things. And I finally, after, you know, I'm 41 years old. I've wanted to do this since I was a little girl. But like last year, I finally got tired of my excuses. I'm like, I don't want to go another year and make, write a book on my, my goal list. Like it's been on my goal list forever. So I actually mm -hmm. hired someone to help me. And that was huge. Cause I'm not a big person to like, you want to do it all yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't do yeah. it all myself. I'm like you, I'm cheap. I don't like to spend money on things. And so I hired a coach and honestly, the only reason that thing got written is because I was accountable to someone. I paid her money and she had a due date for me every month. And so I'm like, well, I paid this lady. So I, I gotta get her stuff. Sounds like so, my therapist. Yeah. Yeah, it's a book. She's my book therapist. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I have to tell her that she's my book therapist. And like, but literally, I think she was actually part therapist. Because when you send stuff over, you're telling raw stories and yeah. she's reading it. So it took me about seven months to actually write the book. So yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, I, uh, I've thought about it. And it, that's in the very, that's not on my short-term goals list. That's on my long-term goals list. I have so many different things that I want to do. I'm kind of all over the place. Um, cause, uh, I do the, I do this. Uh, I do obviously work a nine to five. Um, this thing is going to bother me a lot. Um, and, uh, also I make music. So, uh, yeah, I'm all over the place. So, but I'm trying to spread a message like, through here and through my music and uh it's all about like um you know recovering from your mental health recovering from addiction i'm also a recovering addict i don't say that all the time um especially i've, I've said it to people at work because i'm just like you know what i mean i'm at a point where uh it is almost i'm closing getting closer to five years so mm -hmm. i'm just like eh 
if they really want to judge me for that far along, far back, they can. Um, but yeah, it took me a lot of confidence since we're talking about confidence to even do like things like this, like lives. I hate being on camera. I like being on the other side of the camera. I like taking pictures. That's another hobby of mine. Um, and it's just like, it took me so much to just, uh, get to this point. Um, because for a while, this account was very stagnant. Um, I wasn't really posting that much. Um, I was just afraid to put myself out there. And now I'm just like, I'm just doing it because, uh, I've gotten a lot of good feedback ever since I've done it. A lot of good things have happened. I've met a lot of cool people and, it's just been awesome. So what? Well, your journey is so courageous. I mean, you, when you really think and sit back and think about everything that you just said, there's a lot of courage in sharing your story. And I can't speak for for everyone here, but like, that's just, I feel like that's really empowering maybe for yourself, but it's like you're inspiring someone else too. That's yeah, exactly. I mean, mm -hmm. there's so many people that are just like sitting there that want, to share their story or they want to just talk to someone or they want to hear their story and feel that they're not alone. And uh, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. So uh, it sounds like you're trying to do that specifically for women and building that self-confidence in women. And uh, my, one of my favorite supervisors actually growing up was a woman and she is done some awesome things since I've known her uh she'd lost like 200 pounds wow like she um yeah she moved in moved from retail to she, now she does fitness and it's just like amazing seeing people transform their lives like that mm -hmm. yeah you're right I mean you're no different right and I mean I think folks you know here love to hear and see a transformation story because it inspires them to do the same so yeah, and are, is that kind of what the the book? It seems kind of personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, were you really sharing the sharing the personal aspect of your self growth and how you kind of done it yourself, and well, with the help of others? Because um, you have to be able to ask for help. That's another thing I've learned. You can't do everything yourself. Uh, no. It's not going to work that way. That's I, why. I talk very openly in the book. Um, there's actually, um, I would say, three stories that I share that are really personal um, that just talked about my, my mental health at the time or my need for a therapist. The first one is I open the book and I talk about what I call my kitchen table meltdown. And, the, and I, without giving too much away, but that's basically like the moment that I had in my life where all the rules that I was supposed to follow, like, get married. And, and these are rules that my family of origin had decided were good, right? I grew yeah. up in a very small town. Everybody was Catholic. I went to a Catholic school. And so there were just some, oh, we, we have that in common. Yeah. Yep. There were just some ideals that were placed on me that I just didn't know any better. I was very naive. And so I just acquired these rules based on my internal family that I should get married, but get married young before all the good ones are taken. And Get a job. Um, My parents both had advanced degrees. Um, you know, make sure you work somewhere that has really good salary and benefits so that you're secure. And, you know, you should, as a woman, you just described it, there's a lot of pressure to look a certain way or to maintain a certain weight. Or there's so many beauty and diet standards that everybody's hearing about right now. And I just talked about, I opened the book talking about how I tried to do all of those things. And they, they helped me for a little bit. But what I really ended up doing was living someone else's life. 
and I ended up getting divorced by the time I was 30. You know, I was experienced depression all through that time because I mean, it was hard. It was hard being in a marriage. You know, he was emotionally and verbally abusive. He did have some addiction issues. I mean, it was just, it took How a How old were you when you got married? I was 20, was I two or three? I was- Yeah, it's very young. Young, either way, right? Yeah. I was young, I had my first child at 24. Um, and you know, therapy really saved me, um, saved me a few times. And you know, I, I am all about even taking medication too, if that feels like it's gonna help you as well, because I know I, I for sure did. So that's kind of how I opened the book. I opened the book just talking about all the rules I thought I would have to follow mm -hmm. and how following those rules actually didn't help me. <laughs> Yeah, they made yeah. things worse. And they led to this moment where I was like, I'm living someone else's life and living someone else's life and conforming to all these standards really was causing a lot of my problems. It impacted my confidence. And so I go on to share in the book that, you know, one of the ways that, you know, I really kind of helped reclaim my confidence was just getting really clear about what I valued. And making choices in alignment with those values, bringing people into my life that were in alignment with those values, doing work that was in alignment with my values and being okay, saying no to people who didn't appreciate those values. Yeah. Um, that were using me for the wrong reasons. So the people, you have a people pleasing or... problem. What's that? You have a people pleasing problem. I used to. Yeah. Used to. Yeah. I used to. I'm I was still working on that. Yeah. In the, um, you know, I guess if you were using therapy terms, like, codependency was a big issue for me. Like I, a lot of my life was spent codependent on, um, are you happy? Are you okay? And I think some of that comes from the trauma of being in an abusive relationship. Cause when you're walking on eggshells, like in your mind, you're like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And so you almost become like codependent on this other person's emotional state. And what I realized was, is like, no, like I, you, you gotta do your own stuff. Like, you gotta you gotta handle your own stuff. You gotta be happy. I gotta be happy. And so then there's just some other stories that I tell in the book too, where you know um, I was in a relationship after that and ended up calling off the wedding. And um, therapy was really helpful for that too. You know, and really building my self confidence again and setting healthy boundaries again. And then now that I am remarried to my husband, you know, we we went through um, infertility for like three years, and that was really unexpected. And that was, um, that was a, that was a grief that I had just never, I don't even know how to name it. Yeah. Um, you know, it was almost grieving a future we thought we'd have with kids. Um, he, I have a child of my own. He does not. And, you know, that's just another time where I really had to take my mental health into consideration and, and reach out again to a really good grief therapist, because I just didn't feel grief in my mental state. Like I told her, I felt pain in my whole body. And I think that was a huge indication that I needed to address it yet again was because like my, I just felt pain in my whole body. And so I know that sounds crazy, but it's just, I think it can really overtake everything. So oh, I'm sure yeah. you have questions, but those are just some things that I yeah. have in the book that have, I think a lot to do with, you know, paying attention to your mental health, your boundaries, your values, all those things are really important. Yeah, up. growing up with those expectations, I know what that's about. I know, I know all about that. Um, mm -hmm. I'm learning about, you know, things that, um, you know, that went on when I grew up and how I grew up and how I was raised. I, a lot of good things, obviously. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't forget about that as well. Yeah, um, for sure.
but uh going through therapy like you know i've had a therapist and a psychiatrist point out a couple different things where i'm just like where there's like a common theme and uh like this fear and like these like expectations that i have that aren't even really mine and yeah it's the best question i learned to ask was is this mine to own like I had never even stopped when I was younger to ask myself, like, is this mine? Is this my feeling to own? Or is that your feeling? Like, am I even taking on your feelings? Am I taking on your expectations? And so that was, that still is a really powerful question for me is, is this mine to own? Yeah, I learned that a lot in my last relationship, actually. Um, see, cause I'm 31 and uh, I also, I didn't grow up in a super small town, but I grew up in the Midwest. So <laughs> Yeah. In the Midwest, it's very, you know, a lot of people are married or they have kids already. And I'm just kind of like the weird 31 year old guy that has a cat. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> which I'm just owning that. I'm just like, I'm perfectly fine with it. But for a, it. Little, for a little while, I was just like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not in a better position than I am now? Uh, why don't I have somebody I'm broken stuff like that. And my my last relationship taught me, you know, what I really should be expecting out of a partner and what I really need out of a partner. Cause I was kind of absorbing a lot of their feelings and their emotions. And I think, uh, it just got to be too, it got to be too overwhelming. And um, it really wasn't fair to that person. It wasn't fair to me. And uh, I had to make a healthy decision that I knew was going to hurt someone. And it eventually, it was like, an, it impacted me later. Like, it was like a delayed response with me because I ended the relationship. And then six months later, she starts seeing a new guy. And then I feel like terrible. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why am I not dating somebody I'm the one who broke up with her. I should be like thriving right now. And, but what I've accomplished over the last year, I mean, I started doing things that I was afraid of. Um, like the recording music again, I used to only record music by myself um, because I was scared of being vulnerable in front of other people. Cause I make, I make hip hop music, but I don't make the hip hop music that they hear on the radio. Um, I make, it's more, it's deeper, lyrical, thoughtful music. And I like doing that by myself because I can be vulnerable when it's just me. But when I had like the engineer and the producer or a producer, then it's like harder for me to like be comfortable around that. So I'm getting used to that. Um, I started doing stand up comedy, which is very nerve wracking. That's the most vulnerable thing you could probably do. Yes, yes. Yeah. I just went through a bunch of stuff this year and was just like, I'm just going to try all of this stuff because. It almost was like an addiction in itself, but I wasn't using drugs, but I was just doing good things, like healthy, uh, healthy things for myself rather than jumping back into what I used to do. And that was like drink or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, it was a good year overall when I look back at it. But while I was going through it, I was like, this sucks. Like I should be in a relationship. I hate dating apps. They're the worst. Um <laughs> I could do a whole, I've, I, I think I've done already done a whole podcast on dating apps. So yeah. I'm not even going to get into that, but 
Yeah, just uh, it's taken a lot for me to get here, but it mm-hmm. it um, and I'm learning to uh, really appreciate myself and appreciate my value because I really didn't like mm-hmm. think about that enough. I didn't look inward. I was looking outward way too much, mm-hmm. comparing myself. Yep. That's really important what you just said. And that's, um, I have a whole chapter, actually two chapters dedicated to that in the book. One is the the chapter title is called It Pays to Be Yourself. Mm -hmm. And how sometimes we um, try to tweak or we we hide our quirks and personality quirks and the things that we don't think people will like about us. And then we hide them and not use them. But actually, those are the things that often really set us apart. And it's why we get hired. It's why, you know, our partner loves us. It's, you know, why we do good at work. And then the other chapter is um, all about aligning your purpose and your paycheck and how owning your strengths at work actually is a source of confidence to say, you know what, like, I'm an Excel nerd. And that's awesome. Like, yeah, you know, it doesn't make me, you know, a nerd or whatever. Like, it actually makes me good at what I do, right? Or I'm oh, the term good. nerd does not negative to me anymore it, at all. No, I'm I'm a nerd about a lot of things, and it's yeah. like, you know, because of those things, that's a huge source of confidence. It sets me apart. It's my unique talents. It's why people hire me. And so I'm glad that you brought that up because I think when you can really own your skills and your strengths and your talents, like it is a huge source of internal confidence. And just like you said, you then become less codependent on what other people think of you. And you just move through the world with a little more confidence, a little less doubt. That reminds me of how I got the job that I have now. (laughs) Um, One of the reasons that I was hired, because in my super, I had a small uh, office because I was working in Iowa City. I live in Davenport, Iowa now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I've always lived in Davenport, but I was commuting, and Iowa City is about an hour away. Mm-hmm. Um, so pre-COVID, I was commuting a lot, but we had a very small satellite office because our main office is in Des Moines, um, which is two and a half hours away. Uh, so I got to know all the people I worked with really well, one being my supervisor, and I was talking to him one day, and he's like, you know why I hired you, right? He's like, I'm like, why? Because I... I didn't think I interviewed very well. Um, I was always really bad at interviewing. I was thought anyway. Um, and uh, he's like, one, you're the only one to wear a suit. I'm like, I was the only one to wear a suit. That is ridiculous. First yeah. of all, because that was like, I grew up, my dad started his own business. Like it was very successful, but he like worked his ass off and like, what I got when I graduated school, because I graduated business school, was a suit. That was my first, that was my, mm-hmm. one of my graduation gifts. Yeah. And, and so, and that was specifically for job interviews. And, and he's like, and because you did door-to-door sales, which I thought my resume wasn't going to help me. Um, and I had, I had gaps in my resume or jo- I had job hopping mm-hmm. in my resume. Um, but I did like these raw sales jobs and he's like, if you can do these jobs, you can pretty much do anything. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. Cause they were terrible. It's um, so true. I actually, that's so funny. Cause like in my book, I have a whole section that talks about one of my first jobs was my worst job and it was a phone sales job. Oh, so, I did day, phone right? sales too. Yeah. Mylan and Dylan, 50 to 80 phone calls a day selling credit card processing. It was like the worst ever, but like now oh. I'm off on my own, like. As an entrepreneur, like that's a, again, like that 
I was scary. kind of embarrassed to have it, but now I'm like, no, that's a source of confidence. Like if I can sell credit card processing over the phone, I can run my own business. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I plan on running my own business again at some point. Uh, I, I was in it for a little bit, but it was just a bad time. Um, and, but I really like the security and uh, the company I work for because you've obviously gotten to know, I don't know if you met John or I know you met oh, Ray. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. And uh, they're just great people to work for. So um, I it, I wasn't going to settle on a job either after being on my own for a little bit and kind of getting that taste. Mm -hmm. Even though I was, even though it didn't go well, um, I was doing phone repair, but I had some partners and it just the whole partnership and everything was just not good. Yeah. And it, it did, and, and I was not good uh, mentally at the time. So it just didn't work out, but I got a taste of that. So I wasn't going to settle for just any, any job. I, I couldn't do it. Um, and uh, I was very lucky to know someone who already worked. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of the company I work for on here, but that already worked for the company I work for. And it was my in. And that was another thing I learned is it's not really about like, you know, you're, you know, the old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know, but that really is. It's like, I wouldn't, I got that foot in the door and that's all I needed. So important to build relationships because you just never know. And sometimes those relationships like come in, come through for you, um, 10 years down the line, you just yeah. never know. And, um, that's so good. Yeah. And you work for a great organization, great people. Yeah. I'm very lucky. And, uh, they've handled, the yeah the the work the work from home thing i was trying to work from home before covid mm -hmm. and uh it. so i was like thank you but you know covid is terrible and it's back again both of my parents have covid right now um they're doing fine uh mm -hmm. luckily because they're vaccinated but it's just and boosted it's just ridiculous it's it's yeah it's a huge mess yeah and in Iowa, we acted like it didn't exist for a while, uh, so that didn't help um, a lot of people anyway. Um, so, yeah, it's been crazy. But, yeah, the work-from-home thing's been great. It does – I have had to make some adjustments for myself mentally, though, because yeah. uh, I don't have that interaction uh, with people that I used to every day. I mean, everything's virtual. It's not the same. Um, you know, you I was know. talking with somebody about that the other day about how um, with remote work, it's really important to stay connected. Um, I'm an introvert. I don't know if you're an introvert, but like for me as an introvert, like this has been kind of okay because like I get to be in my little hole all the time, you know, yeah. but that's actually not all that healthy. And I think, you know, when you think about what makes humans happy, like we're just, I think Brene Brown says like we're wired for connection. And so it's just really important to make those extra efforts to keep those connections alive because it's just really important for your mental health for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I honestly, my personality, I, I wouldn't say I'm an introvert, but I can definitely uh, isolate and like to be by myself and enjoy my alone time. Um, but I can only do it for so long uh, before I was like, I need to talk to somebody or I need, you know, at least to call somebody or do something. Um, but yeah, people ask me that all the time. Like you're from home. Doesn't it get lonely? I'm like, yeah, a little bit, but at the same time, I think about, you know, my, 
I'm just pre-wired. Um, you know, I have my, my dad who was very, very good with his finances. I have my, my grandpa who was one of the cheapest people I've ever met in my life. And, uh, I'm like, I'm saving so much money, no more gas. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, uh, um, I'm not, you know, beating up my car every day and, you know, time, I'm saving yep. a lot of time, which is very, that's even more important than anything to me. Mm -hmm. um, learning uh, is time is so much more important to me than it used to be. I used to not really value it like I do now. Mm -hmm. For sure, 100%. Um, I don't know how long uh, you have. Do you have another meeting after this? I have about like two or three more minutes. I don't okay. have, well, I have meeting because my husband's making dinner. So that's my meeting. That's fair. Dinner. That's yes. fair. No, I understand that because <laughs> my dad will text me like if I'm not like, cause I go to family dinner across town to my parents' house. Yeah. And if I'm not like right on time, like, where are you at? Where are you at? Did you die? I, hey, as a parent, I get it. It's like, if they're two minutes late, it's like, where are you? Are you? Cause like yeah. every parent's like, oh my gosh, they're in a ditch somewhere. Like. <laughs> yeah. With, with me, especially early in my recovery, I bet they worried even more, but they don't oh. worry about they, that. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad they don't have to really worry about that as much anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then I have to reassure them though, that, you know, Hey, I, uh, I go to these meetings that I go to for a reason. You know, if you want to keep, if you want me to stay in, you know, if you like this version of me, you should probably understand that I need to do these other things. And, yeah. You know, getting other people to understand that, that don't really, grasp um addiction or fully understand it it's it's always fun having that conversation with them well one of the things i think that um you should applaud yourself for and i encourage everyone to do is that you just shared a really good example of how expressing your needs is really important and i think sometimes we overlook how important that is and i do i talk about that a lot like you know it can feel scary to be clear and to tell people what you need and to say hey i need this i need support with this i need you to allow me to do this this is important to me this is in alignment with my values like that's a scary and vulnerable conversation and so i think you just made a really good point that i hope all of us take away on how important it is just to tell people what you need because when you tell people what you need then they don't have to guess on how they can support you so yeah, like, I remember going to my first wedding uh, after I stopped drinking, and uh, I was, like, super scared, because weddings were like, oh, yeah, it's on at weddings, you're yeah. you know, open, open bar, mm -hmm. and uh, it was a friend from college who I partied with a lot, and I, like, let people know, like, where I was going and where I was going to be, and it's just so I had, like, that lifeline in case I needed it, and it ended up being, like, really chill and not, not at all. Everybody was, like, a lot more grown up than I thought they were going to be, um, and uh, so it ended up working out a lot better, but... Good for you. I, of course, I always think things are going to be way worse than they actually are. That's another thing. You know? Don't we all? Don't yeah. we all? Well, thank yeah. you for having me on today. I appreciate it. It was good to connect with you via the uh, special company that we both work with. So, yeah, yeah, it was really great. I uh, hope we could stay in touch and uh, looking forward to checking out the book as soon as it comes out. Awesome. And if anybody has any questions, they can feel free to message me or reach out. So, thank you so much. Have yeah, a good rest of your day. Definitely. You too. Bye. All Take right. care. Bye.